11 minutes it is before 9 p.m. Now, earlier on, uh, we woke up today to a, um, a press release from the presidency suggesting that uh, President Sir Ramaphosa had uh, strongly reprimanded his uh, counterpart and finance minister, Tito Mboweni, for remarks that he had made, uh, uh, this on the back of the um, dismissal and uh, dismissal of the central bank governor in the southern African nation of Zambia. And uh, to make sense of, uh, I guess, uh, how some of the events unfolded and uh, market reaction to this, and uh, more importantly, some of the issues at play, I'm joined on the line by Director of Political Economy Southern Africa, Sia Piniza. Sia, how are you doing, my brother? Yeah, evening. I have good things. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Long time no chat. Sia, let's maybe start off here. Um, I mean, I think Zininza dimensions, Glewi. The first story for me, is around the tweet itself and this idea that uh, I guess you know central bank governors um, and the independence of central banks is sacrosanct and therefore you know uh, people shouldn't exercise the executive authority in the fashion that Edgar Lungu did here. What did you make of that tweet as it came out uh, and we'll get to some of the geopolitical implications and maybe the reprimand that later came as well. Sure well I think look in the spirit of uh, SADC or Southern African diplomacy, the the tweet by Minister Mboweni was out of place. You know, the leaders generally don't call each other out in SADC. Uh, for example, we've just recently had the SADC uh, summit uh, over the last week, and there was no mention, for example, of uprisings happening in Zimbabwe and the current mm-hmm. economic crisis happening in Zimbabwe. And, you know, even for the first time, uh, the SADC summit was being informed about uh, the insurgency in northern Mozambique, even though the violence has been ongoing since 2017. So I think, firstly, we must understand that, you know, diplomacy-wise, in terms of the region, the tweet itself was out of place. Um, calling out the president's actions, though, um, I think falls quite well within what you were talking about earlier in uh, Minister Mboweni's identity as a central banker. You might remember that repeatedly he refers to himself as the eighth governor, even though yes, he's yes. currently out of the ten. Of yes, <laughs> and, and then often fondly refers to current governor Lisetsa Khanyakho as the tenth governor. So for him, it's still very a big part of his identity, and so uh, you know, an outcry in the sense of the tweet that he put together, I think, is to try and sort of protect your own, so to speak. I mean, mm. the, 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 the central bank governor that's been fired in Zambia had significant credibility, had been in the ranks of the central bank and in the financial space for some time, and it came as a surprise. However, I mean, if you understand the local politics in, in Zambia and some of the dynamics in terms of the response to COVID, you understand why some of the political decisions mm. are playing out as they are. So I think and I want us to go to that and a place for it. Uh, yeah. And I don't think that necessarily what Mboweni or Minister Mboweni has done is necessarily wrong, but there's a time and a place. Uh, and mm. I do think that it's high time that SADC leaders started calling each other out and uh, sure, sure. calling each other to be much more accountable, particularly for domestic issues, which are often skirted around through this diplomacy of you know non-intervention or what our former uh, president, Tamil Becky, used to call uh, silent diplomacy. 
Let's go to some of the, um, I guess, internal politics of Zambia. I mean, uh, we've seen the Kwacha uh, rapidly, uh, uh, you know, devalued this year. We've seen inflation uh, in double-digit territory. We've also seen uh, a widening uh, fiscal deficit. Uh, and, and one would think that with all of those dynamics in place, that those have fed into this particular decision. And also, I guess, uh, the critical challenge around the central bank financing the primary budget uh, of the Lungu government. Let's maybe unpack some of the political machinations behind the scenes here that might account for what happened. Sure. Well, I think firstly one must understand that um, the, the Zambian government, oh, sorry, the Zambian economy is facing quite a significant shock currently. Uh, it's going to be in recession for the first time since 1999, which means that you know even throughout the global financial crisis of 2007, 2008 it hasn't been as severely affected as where it is now. The projections are that the economy is going to contract by 4.2% in 2020 and recover by about 5, 5.4% in 2021 moving onwards. However, the challenge is that uh, you know, in the current global lockdown, the demand for commodities has been down. And as a result, the price of copper, which is a key commodity, uh, an export commodity for Zambia, has declined. Uh, for the past two, three years or so, uh, you know, the price of copper has been steady around $6,000 uh, per metric ton. And late last year, we started seeing that go down to about five point six, five and a half thousand dollars a metric ton this year. And, you know, because of the shutdowns and uh, the global lockdown, Zambia wouldn't even be able to export the kind of volumes it was exporting in 2019. So as a result, the export earnings have had a significant shock resulting in the depreciation of the kwacha, which is then, uh, you know, allowed for a pass-through inflation. Currently, inflation is sitting at around 16%, which is way outside the, the, the bound or the upper limit of 8% set by the mm. Bank of Zambia. Uh, so, but the Bank of Zambia has tried to respond. Obviously, these are difficult conditions that Zambia finds itself globally, not just as a country. Uh, but the seeming contention seems to be around uh, the 10 billion kwacha COVID-19 recovery program uh, and the problems around how that's going to be financed. Um, you know, due to the economic challenges, which I think uh, are also before COVID uh, came in, were a challenge for the government and also on the fiscal side, as you mentioned, the deficit rising and the cost of debt servicing really has been choking the government. Uh, the government has struggled to finance its deficits. And so currently, although yields are upwards of 32% in terms of the composite bond uh, yields, um, which means people are already pricing a default uh, and uh, due to political risk moving forward uh, as the country faces elections in 2021-2022, the government hasn't been able to just uh, 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 mobilize the finances needed in order to finance this deficit. And so uh, over the last two weeks, or last month rather, they issued out a COVID-19 bond um, of around 2.7 billion, quite of a program that's aimed at 10 billion. And I think it's only able to garner around 30% or 27% in terms of um, people buying into the bond. So the initial amount of 2.7 was not even fully subscribed. Only about 27% of this was subscribed. So um, these are some of the challenges that I think led to um, the, the firing of the governor. However, I mean, he has his own constraints. However, the, you know, even though the, the, the Monetary Policy Committee has responded quite proactively in terms of rate cuts uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic, they simply do not 
have the financing to spend, and as a result of uh, no exports or shutdowns affecting exports mm. and even the price of copper, they're unable to generate the, the, the revenues required. And a number of sectors are already starting to face some fix, uh, challenges and shortages already. So that's pretty much really the picture of the political economy context mm. that led mm. to do the firing of uh, former governor uh, Kaliela. Yeah. There's also, uh, see, uh, maybe just lastly, another geopolitical dimension. South Africa chairs the AU at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always the expectation that, uh, as you said earlier on, you would undertake this through normal diplomatic channels, a sitting head of state. And, uh, I mean, this reference that, uh, you know, he must explain or else hell is on his way and uh, that uh, the finance minister would mobilize. I mean, I'm quite interested in those two issues because... On the one hand, it does also speak to uh, the disciplining role that capital markets can have on a nation. But uh, in addition to that, I guess uh, also the clubby nature of the world of central banking and I guess the links that, uh, um, you know, one would have had to the Paris Club, uh, which Zambia did go to, by the way, earlier on this year to go and request for some suspension uh, of the uh, debt service obligation. So what do you make of some of those elements to uh, the tweet that uh, Tito Mboweni put out? So, look, I do think he's given us a bit of a sneak peek there in terms of um, the clandestine world of central bankers. Obviously, they've mm. got their own disciplinary mechanisms linked to the performance of capital markets. As I mentioned earlier, the Zambian government has been uh, facing significant challenges with mobilizing resources, I mean, selling bonds and treasury bills in order to finance the deficit. And uh, this is largely due to the capital market response and the lack of appetite for people to take on further debt in terms of government bonds uh, from the government. Uh, we had a similar case a uh, couple of years back when we were facing, you know, the multiple uh, reshuffles in the Ministry of Finance. Although it wasn't at the Reserve Bank, you saw that, uh, you know, within a space of a couple of weeks, the economy was claiming losses of around 400 billion rand, and we saw a significant depreciation of the of the rand used on exchange rate during that time period. I mean, similar responses uh, are definitely what uh, the Minister Winston Bowen is referring to as mobilizing um, or as bringing so-called hell upon uh, you know the government. Really, that is trying to defend the sort of policy space that central bankers have, which you know Boeni sits within the camp that views central bank uh, independence as sacrosanct. Um, and obviously, I mean, right now, if you consider what's really taking place in Zambia, it's quite similar to South Africa. In the Ministry of Finance, you've got a former deputy governor, um, uh, Gwandu, who's been recently appointed to replace former um, minister, uh, Margaret, who had really difficult challenges in adjusting to her role and really implementing some of the fiscal cuts, which means that here's someone who would be able to implement some of the policy decisions that need to be taking place in order to get the public debt in control in Zambia. However, due to the political uh, mm. the, you know, aspect, that whole relationship crumbles down. Similar to that, we've got uh, the eighth governor and the tenth governor at the helm of the macro economy in terms of fiscal and monetary policy, but that yes. real uh, cooperation hasn't led to any innovative policy, etc., mm. precisely because of these ideological views about the roles of central banks in the economy. Um, so, yeah, I think really what the implications are going to be and the market response is going to just make it more difficult uh, for the government of Zambia to finance its deficit. And also, obviously, as the quacha depreciates and the price sure. of 
uh, government bonds and treasury yields decline, so will the interest rate of the year. Sorry, mm. the yields on these bonds and the treasury bills will increase as people also price in the political risk element uh, already with yields over 30% means a lot of people are already yeah. expecting a default in the medium term. Yeah. So I think yeah. this is what, what Zambia is looking forward to. I think it's going to be quite a rough time before things stabilize. Mm. I've been quite mm. concerned about Zambia being right on the footsteps in terms of economic challenges or economic destruction sure. of Zimbabwe. Uh, but obviously Zimbabwe for different reasons, but I think uh, Zambia is right on the footsteps of Zimbabwe in that case. See ya. We'll have to pause there, my brother, and uh, certainly a sad tale of uh, uh, two neighbours there. Uh, just judging from that uh, figure you, you uh, told us there of the yield, seems like that nation is staring down the barrel of the gun. We'll have to leave it there. Always a pleasure catching up with you, my brother, and uh, 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 we'll have to uh, leave it there. Sia Pineza, Director at Political Economy Southern Africa, speaking to us this evening. And uh, that's where we're going to have to leave it for the show. Uh, run over slightly, and uh, we're on Kole Lusenje. Uh, he's with you from nine right through to uh, midnight. The man with the music is your soulful accompaniment at the start of this new week. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Sisai banga le economy.